Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey.com present Locked On Today. Perfection denied. Baylor cuts down the nets. The Mets finally get their opening day, but what are realistic expectations? Plus, how much of an upgrade is Sam Darnold for the Panthers? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. For the first time in program history, the Baylor Bear men are your national champions. Joining me now from Locked On Baylor, Garrett Ross. And Garrett, this is a team who, over the last few years, have developed some quality teams that have not been able to get over the proverbial hump. In this case, they take out an undefeated Gonzaga team, an absolutely loaded Gonzaga team, and beat them to a pulp 86-70. So what was different about this Baylor team? I think for me, when you look at this Baylor team, what separates them from a lot, not only these Baylor teams in the past, but a lot of the teams across uh, college basketball is their depth. They have, you know, multi, like they have three guys as far as Jared Butler, Macy Oteague, and uh, Davion Mitchell, who could be starting guards for anybody in the nation. And then when you those guys need to c- uh, come out, they need a break. You got somebody like Adam Flagler you could bring in. The depth for Baylor has really been what separates them from most teams. And I think that's really what's the leading contributor to this national championship right here. They were the fifth team to win both their final four games by 15 points. The most recent is that 2018 Villanova team. No, they were not chasing perfection the same way Gonzaga was. But as we look back on this team, do they have the potential to be a special team as we think about them? Because this performance in the national championship game against an outstanding Gonzaga team seems like the kind of thing we're not going to forget anytime soon. No, this is easily the best, uh, you know, and this is something I brought up earlier on 1660 ESPN radio was, is this the best Baylor basketball team we've ever seen? And the consensus was, yes, this is, this is the best basketball team that's ever come through Baylor as far as the men go. And I think that that's how they're going to be remembered, whether they would have won this game or they would have lost. That's what they would go down as far as in the history for that university. Um, man, it's just, it's crazy what they've been able to do. Uh, it, it just to see it come to fruition is really remarkable. Is this something that is is recreatable or is this just a special group of kids? I, I think it's going to be hard to recreate it on this magnitude. I think you have a lot of guys who are going to come back and you have a lot of players who are watching this saying, I want to be a part of that culture. That's what this is. This is a, a selfless culture where you buy in and you come in and they define what it means to be a team. Um, I, I think you'll see more uh, more high caliber players come in. I don't know if you'll ever see a trio of guards uh, this good on one team again. But I think this is something where they can build off of this. Baylor isn't going anywhere. But this group itself, it's going to be hard to, to uh, accomplish what they were able to do. Yeah, they had four guys in in double figures. Three guys took 14 or more shots. That is sharing the basketball, that is sharing the glory. And ultimately, it ended in a national championship for them. Yeah, man. And that's really what this team has been like all year. It, it, they don't ma- it doesn't matter about single accomplishments, right? It's, it's do what you need to do, make the sacrifices you need to make 
to focus on getting the win for the team. I, you look at Mark Vidal tonight. We say we've been saying this all year long. No Vidal, no title. He had eleven rebounds. He dominated inside. This kid's six five, and he's out rebounding Drew Timmy, who's six ten. And I think that they made a great analysis uh, comparing him to you know like a Charles Barkley. He's got that type of frame and that type of just tenacity that you don't see in a lot of players. Um, man, this was just it, it's so fun. This means so much to the city of Waco, so much to Baylor University, and I'm just glad to be a small, just be able to cover this, man. Locked On Today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today, and coming up, the Mets finally get their opening day. But what are realistic expectations after a busy offseason? That's next. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Buying car parts can be a major hassle, especially right now when you don't want to go into the store. And even if you do go into the store, you have to deal with someone behind the counter who is going to have to go look up the parts in their warehouse on their computer. You have a computer, you have a smartphone, you have the internet. You can go to rockauto.com and do it yourself. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They've got a unique and remarkably easy to navigate catalog. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same part? Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Gonzaga couldn't complete the perfect season, losing to Baylor in the national championship 86-70. After the game, Gonzaga head coach Mark Few had this to say. You make it this far, and, and you're 31-0 going into the last one, the last 40 minutes of the season. There's absolutely nothing you should ever feel bad about. And they'll look back on this season as time passes as, uh, as something just... Uh, amazing and uh, incredible but it again just hats off to Baylor they they dominated us on both sides of the ball North Carolina has promoted longtime assistant Hubert Davis to replace Roy Williams as the Tar Heels new head basketball coach the school announced Monday Davis had been an assistant coach under Williams for the past nine seasons in Chapel Hill and was one of the favorites as soon as the job opened he becomes the first black head coach in UNC men's basketball history. Padres star shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr. hurt himself taking a hard swing Monday night and immediately left the game against the San Francisco Giants. Tatis struck out swinging and winced in pain as he fell to the ground. He cradled his left arm while he got up and two athletic trainers helped hold his arm against his body as he left the field. He signed the longest contract in big league history on February 22nd, a 14 year, that's right, 14 year, $340 million deal. I used to strike out all the time in college and luckily the only thing that really ever hurt was my feelings. The best team in the NBA was stopped in its tracks against the Dallas Mavericks. Nick Angstead with the Lockdown Mavericks podcast here. The Dallas Mavericks get the big win over the Utah Jazz. Big win for the Dallas Mavericks. Had an 18-point lead at one point in this game. Held on to win. The big story in this one, 
Dorian Finney-Smith, second leading scorer on the team, 23 points. 5 of 12 from 3 after a rough start for him. Six boards, four assists, had a couple of uh, blocks and steals as well. He knew that this was going to be a big matchup for him. What the uh, Chris Porzingis did not play in this game, but what the Utah Jazz did was they decided to not play Gobert in the paint. They put him on Dorian, let him basically leave him out all by himself in the corner or on the wing or wherever he was. That left Dorian wide open for a bunch of shots. Again, he took 12 threes, made five of them, so it made it worth their while. And the Mavericks took advantage of it. They took advantage of Gobert being out there. Dorian got a couple of good drives on him. He just had an incredible game for him. Also, Luka Doncic, I mean, doing his thing too. 31 points, 6 of 11 from 3 for Dor- for Luka in this game. He has figured out shooting, and the league is not ready for it. Dallas Mavericks get the win. We'll break it all down on the Dallas Mavericks Lockdown Mavericks podcast, as well as our Lockdown Mavs YouTube page. That's what happened yesterday. Here's what to look for today. Major League Baseball is underway, and there's only one place that has you covered. One place we trust, betonline.ag. The Oakland A's have started the season 0-5. If they want to get their first win today, they'll have to beat Clayton Kershaw and the L.A. Dodgers. The betonline.ag line for this game is Oakland plus one and a half. The Boston Red Sox bats came alive in their 11-2 win over Tampa Bay on Monday. Can they keep up the pace? The betonline.ag line for Tampa at Boston is over under nine runs for tonight, and it's also Masters Week. You can get in on some of the prop bets now. Betonline.ag odds for top lefty are Bubba Watson at plus 200, while Phil Mickelson, who we literally call lefty, is at plus 350. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. Look at Francisco as a cornerstone of our present and future. I think he's going to lead us to division titles, pennants, and World Series championships. He's all in. I told you, I'm all in, and this should leave no doubt. Let's go, Mets. I said at the initial press conference that I wasn't going to you know, run around and spend money like a drunken sailor, right? I mean, Francisco is a special guy and, and deserved a special contract. That's new Mets owner Steve Cohen setting expectations high for the New York Mets. They did not meet those expectations, at least in game one, blowing a 2-1 lead late in a 5-3 loss to the Phillies. Joining me now from Locked on Mets, Ryan Finkelstein. And Ryan, aside from this game, just big picture on the Mets, can they meet those expectations? Is this a, a potential playoff team in your eyes? You know, I've been doing a lot of preseason rankings of this team, and on paper, I mean, they are one of the best offensive teams in their division. They have one of the best starting rotations in their division. It comes down to the bullpen and the defense, but I think that they have enough talent for sure. But as we know with baseball, uh, a lot of things happen throughout the season, so we'll see what happens here. The big move of the offseason was bringing in Francisco Lindor, giving him the monster deal. What does he do to raise the ceiling of this Mets team? To be honest, I think more than raising the ceiling of this Mets team, it kind of changes the narrative of this franchise. I mean, you're talking about a team that has never given out a contract over $200 million, never even $150. So the fact that they have an owner that just gave out $341 million, that is a big change. And this is one of the faces of baseball right now. So I think it really just kind of changes the way this team is perceived. 
And then you, of course, add a guy that I believe has been the best shortstop in baseball since he debuted in 2015. So that certainly makes the Mets better on the field as well. I guess the question is, can he make up for some of these these pitching woes that have nagged um, the Mets for uh, basically time immemorial? So as long <laughs> as there have been Mets, these have been questions um, dogging the Mets. And they popped up again in the first game of the season. Yeah, I'd love to see if Lindor can pitch the eighth. That would be nice. <laughs> um, but, you know, right now, when you look at this team, there's a ton of talent. The one thing the Mets did this offseason is they really turned over their 40-man roster. They added a lot of depth. So even if some of these guys aren't performing, there are some arms waiting in the wings that can help out. I just think that it's going to take some time. The one thing I've talked about a lot is the Mets have this great history on their opening days where they always seem to win. So one loss on an opening day, maybe that changes things. Maybe this year, it's not the same old story where the Mets get off to this incredible start in game one, and then by the end of the year, they're out of it. Coming up, the Panthers traded for Sam Darnold. So how much does he actually change Carolina's outlook? Our Q of the Day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and they just keep adding flavors. I get a box once a month from them with with new flavors. Marshmallow churro is this new flavor that's on its way. Unbelievable birthday cake. I can't say enough about how delicious they are. I was traveling over the weekend, some long car rides, and reach for a Built Bar. And you satisfy that little sweetness craving, and you don't feel guilty about it. It's not eating gummy bears or you know whatever else. It is stuff that is low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber to give you good energy, lasting energy because of what they put in it. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. The trades keep on coming in the NFL with the Carolina Panthers moving three picks, including a second and a fourth next season for the Jets. Sam Darnold presumably moving on from Teddy Bridgewater and potentially eliminating quarterback from the eighth overall pick, though that could be very much up in the air. Joining me now, the new host of Locked on Panthers, Julian Council. And Julian, how much of an upgrade is Sam Darnold or could Sam Darnold be over what the Panthers would have gotten from Teddy Bridgewater? Um, it's very hard to say if he's much of an upgrade at all, considering the fact that he's thrown 39 interceptions in 38 games and he was a number three overall pick with the New York Jets and they felt the need to draft Zach Wilson, which I think everyone out there believes is going to happen on April 29th for the NFL draft. So I can't really say he's such an upgrade at all. He certainly has better physical attributes when it comes to arm strength than what Teddy Bridgewater has. General Manager Scott Fitterer talked about that on Monday after the trade, saying that we really want to be able to stretch the field. So they probably believe Sam Darnold can give them that. But in terms of decision-making, he's definitely not a better decision-maker than Teddy Bridgewater. And that dates back to his days at USC in his second year, where he was the Heisman Trophy favorite starting the season and really struggled with turnover. So I don't really see it much as an upgrade at all for Carolina. How much do you think this has to do with what they felt like their options were going to be in the draft? There's been a lot of talk that this organization didn't seem to be in love with anyone that wasn't Trevor Lawrence. So while people love Zach Wilson and he had a sterling pro day at BYU, and the thought is that San Francisco traded up to get Mac Jones, 
I don't think the Panthers really like the options that they had past Trevor Lawrence anyway. So they want to go out there and get a guy that when Scott Fitter was with the Seattle Seahawks, someone that he really graded out highly and someone who has experience already in, in the NFL and someone you can look at in Sam Darnold, who just didn't have the weapons that he's going to have here in Carolina with Christian McCaffrey, his former teammate, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. You bring in Dan Arnold from the Cardinals as a patch catching tight end in a better offensive line situation, not a good one. The Panthers still don't have a great offensive line. So I think that the options that they had at quarterback in the first round probably weren't something that they liked, that they felt more comfortable going to Darnold and only having about a two-year commitment, which is going to be since they're going to pick up his fifth-year option. A two-year commitment at two years, $23 million, made a lot more sense for this organization than a potential five-year commitment with one of these quarterbacks, whether it been Justin Fields, Trey Lance, or potentially Mac Jones, whoever was left over after San Francisco presumably drafts quarterback at three. So how do you see this changing the way that they view the number eight overall pick? Because before a lot of the mock drafts were looking at a quarterback, is it Mac Jones? Is it Trey Lance? Whoever it is seems to be no longer in the the realm of at least, you know, high level probabilities. So what direction could they go here? It seems like they have a lot of options. Yeah. I still feel like they don't have their quarterback of the future. Uh, I don't really love just, I mean, Justin Fields, I like. Trey Lance, I'm not a huge fan. 17 games all in the FCS. I was never a big believer there. Like, if Fields is there, I still kind of think maybe that could be an option, especially if they can get rid of Teddy Bridgewater. But honestly, if you're going to give up a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick in 2022 and a sixth-rounder this year, which is really not that much, it's a compensatory pick, I feel like the Carolina Panthers need to invest in protecting Sam Darnold's blind side. And that's something this organization did not do with Cam Newton. It's been a long, sore spot for the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers can't make a mistake like they made with Cam Newton. They need to give him support if they're going to go ahead and give him three draft picks for a quarterback that hasn't really shown you that he's really the guy after three seasons in the NFL. And finally, Coors Field in Denver has been chosen to host this year's All-Star Game. On April 2nd, the league announced it decided to move the game out of Atlanta because of a new Georgia law that has civil rights groups concerned about its potential to restrict voting access for people of color. It will mark the second time the homer-friendly home of the Colorado Rockies will host the Midsummer Classic. The American League beat the National League 13-8 at Coors in 1998. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Wednesday, the Nationals make their 2021 debut after COVID-19 postponed their season. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.